Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast from the LFC Red Poets. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and tonight I'm joined by Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton as we look back at last night's victory away at Sheffield United. So we'll start tonight um, before we, we get into the to the whys and wherefores of the game last night about the, the sad news about the injury to Joel Matip, um, who's, who's done his ACL and could possibly have kicked his last ball for Liverpool. Tom, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? I tweeted you, didn't I, last night about as soon as I, I said it must be it must be bad because Virgil done an interview straight after the game. I don't know if you've seen the interview while he was on the pitch and he was chatting away and right out of the blue, he just said, he said, you know, like, he said, while he said while all the lads are putting the performance in and everything, he said, you we've got to like just mention sort of Joe Matip, and he got like a a really bad injury. Well, he didn't say really bad injury, but he said a bad injury, and um, and then was talking about him fondly. And then I text you straight after that. I think Les and I'm on the our, our um, WhatsApp group. I said it must be a bad injury. For 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 for, um, for Virgil to make a comment like that, and then you told us the news later on about JTH Pierce had had reported. I think it's terribly terribly sad. Um, think think with only him having six months of a contract left, I hope Liverpool do the right thing by him and sort of you know like you stick with him until he 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 finishes his his treatments and everything, but. You know, by the sound of it, I, I, it sounds like it's a really bad one. You wonder whether he'll ever, he'll ever, you know, play for us again at the top level. Pete, what was your initial reaction, mate? And what's your, what's your views? I mean, I'm in the camp with Tommy. I'd like the club to do the right thing and give him a year extension. Um, you know, even if it was, you know, linked to possibly, you know, a job on the coaching staff in some description, if his you know, depending on how his recovery went. Because, yeah. you know, it's so destroying anyway, isn't it? You know, when you listen to players, I know I know fans give, you know, give players a little bit of stick when they have bad injuries or they've got, a, you know, an iffy injury record. But if you've got, if you've got the goal to get fit again because you want to get back in the team, you want to help your teammates and, you know, you want to get back in the team to help them you know, challenge for major honours again. You know, you, you've got some sort of target there, haven't you? Whereas, you know, if you've got, you know, six months left on your contract and, you know, you're then going to be, you know, released by the club and no other club's going to take you on, it's going to be an even harder road to recovery, isn't it? Yeah, especially with his age as well. I mean, he's the wrong side of 30, isn't he? And, I mean, it, it it happened pretty close to where I was sitting because I, I sit on that part of the stand and it, it seemed pretty innocuous, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to recall, memory-wise, I'm trying to recall exactly what happened, but I think he just, I think he just cleared the ball up the line and next thing you know, he's, you know, he's holding his knee and going down injured. And he seemed to a... run off the pitch, Pete. He seemed, yeah, the he... ball seemed to go off the pitch and he seemed to go off the pitch to try and, whether keep the ball in play or whatever, and then come yeah. back on. And as soon as he come back on, within you know no time at all, he'd gone down. 
Yeah, it just, yeah. as I say, it seems so innocuous, and that that you know that they're, they're the ones that you at the time I just thought he'd maybe just pulled a bit of a muscle or he'd you know a, a knock or something, but it's it's pretty devastating as I say, and and I'm in the same camp as you lads. I mean. Be hard saying, you know, keep him here and, and give him a, a 12 month extension and see how he goes. But I think he's going to be out for the season now, more or less. And it's such a shame because, I, you know, we were talking actually, me and the lad next to me at the game, saying, you know, him and Virgil are our first choice centre backs now. And it's and he's played so well this season. And, you know, as, as you're talking about how well he's playing and how, how he's, he's done all season. The next thing you know is he's gone off, and then I honestly didn't think it was that bad at the time. I just thought it was more precautionary, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's such a shame. Not just you know, obviously for the for the fans and the club, but you know, personally for him because he's had such a good season. And you know, as I say, it'd be great if the club would just sort of show a bit of compassion, I suppose, and say, look, you you know, you're here to stay for the next season, get yourself fit, and see how you go on. But um, yeah, it's it's a blow. It is a big blow to be honest. Tom, as a you know, as a free transfer, you know, there's got to be a debate, hasn't there? You know, James Milner was sort of holding the sort of title, if you like, as the best free transfer in Liverpool's history. But Big Joel must be was must be uh, pushing him close. Um, you know, with the with the amount of you know of games he's played. You know the standard of his performances. You know in general when he's been in the team, especially since we signed Virgil. You know his his partnership with Virgil has been right up there with the best of them. You know in Liverpool's history. So, you know I think you know you can't argue that we've had you know really good value from him, and he's an utmost professional. He's very popular amongst the. The players, you know, Virgil, I think Virgil loves him to bits and, you know, they, they wind him up an awful lot, don't they, Joel? Because he's like, he's like a gentle giant. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's so sad to hear the news, you know, with his, where he's in the last sort of six months of his contract. And I really do hope, as I said before, that because you've, because, you know, he's, he was, he was gone on a free transfer, I think I'd love the club to, as you said before, do the right thing and give him another year on his contract. So real value signing, Tom, and I want it. You know, if he if this does end up being you know, bringing the curtain down on his Liverpool career, it's one where he will go out having won every honour that he could possibly have won. Yeah, that's so true, Dallas. I think him and Milner and Marcus Babel are probably the three. Three greatest, you know, like free transfers ever, aren't you? When we look at at them, but yo, he he gave you that he gave you that much more, didn't he? he was, not only was he, not only was he, he was he a brilliant centre back, but when Virgil come in the side, he sort of gelled in such a way that there was one there was one period he was every bit as good as Virgil, and some some people were saying in the, in the season when we won the Champions League, you know, like he. He he was he was playing the best football he'd ever seen, you know, like so. It's, and even this season, we'd had a conversation, hadn't we, earlier on, and we were we were talking a couple of weeks back and saying, "Well, 
we, we, what should we do? Should we give him? Do you think we should give him? Uh, let him go on a, no, at the end of the uh, to walk out the club, and everyone was saying, "Well, no, because he's playing that good, and he's playing that well." Then why would you? Because to replace someone of that quality, and well, what you saw, what Peter said about it, about the injury, I, we noticed the injury when he went. But you know, isn't it funny? Always the always the most innocuous in you know like things that uh, things that happen turn out to be the worst injuries. Remember Ox exactly the same, you know, like he just went for a tackle. Nothing malicious, nothing thing you know, it just he ended up snapping in and he ended up needing like four way treatments and it, it, he's out for a year. So like so when when everybody's saying what they're saying about Joel and, and how it does sound like it's a bad one, doesn't it? Like, as you said, he's got to be up there, you know, like, you know, with, with, with the very best. James Milner, and, and to have won literally everything with the club, you know, what a, what a, what a thing to have achieved and to be an integral part of it. So sad when I heard that, so sad. Pete, you know, Tom's right there, isn't he, when he said, you know, the, the value we've got out of, out of Big Joel and he has to be regarded there of, as one of the best. But, you know, as you both said, you know, the injury seemed quite innocuous at the time. And I don't know whether you were at the game, you know, in the in, in sort of the mid-80s when Mark Lawrence just went down on the halfway line. He snapped his Achilles left, didn't he? And he snapped his Achilles tendon, yeah. yeah. And, mm. You know, that was his... That was his career basically done to one of the one of the greatest centre backs that you know that, that we'd ever seen at Liverpool at the time. So yeah. it is a really it's a really sad moment in a piece. Yeah, and, and as I say, you know, he's certainly not an old man old man by my standards, but he is an old an older man in, in the football in terms and he's thirty two, I think, now. Um yeah. so, you know, possibly how long's it gonna take him to get fit again? As I say, I think this season's a rice off. Um and you just hope you just hope that he's got it, you know, he's got it in him to heal well and, and to get back this again. And if he does, it would be nice for him to, to have an extension on that contract. He's only ever played for two teams his whole career. I mean, he was at Schalke for I think the best part of eight, nine years, and then he's been with us nine years, you know, eight, nine years here as well. So um you know. He's not one of these players, like one of these butterflies that flits around from club to club. And really has he had this, Peter, has he, has he had this injury before? This, this type I don't of know if he's had before. an ACL before. I'm not too sure, to be honest. No, I don't think sure. he's had an ACL, Tom. Uh, mm. But as you say, age is against him, isn't it? Because you know, it took, when you think how long it took Virgil to get back and Joe Gomez to get back, it took them around about nine months, didn't it? You know what I mean. And you know, you you would say you would if you if you're talking about the same for Big Joe, it'd be like September time, wouldn't it, before he was he was back again? So you know, football is a ruthless business. You know, you know, yeah, you, know, you. So I put a do hope the club do the right yeah. thing. That's the thing I was going to say. At the end of the day, all these players are just a commodity, aren't they? And they yeah. have a value, um, whether it be on the pitch as a value or whether it be a market value. Um, and if you're gonna if you if you're gonna be really ruthless about it, I don't think Joel's got a market value at his age. 
especially with his injuries, you know, the injuries got. So yeah, it'd be lovely for Liverpool to, you know, to to extend it and like you say, maybe maybe look and and see if he can get onto the coaching staff in some form or other. Because I think he loves it here. I don't think I don't think in his own mind he, he'd want to go. Certainly, haven't heard any mutterings about that. So yeah, it would be nice if we could, um, you know, after all the service he's given to Liverpool, I'm sure a one year extension isn't a great thing out of their pocket, you know. Yeah, totally agree, Pete. And now, now we'll move on, and we'll we'll look back back at last night's two 0 victory away at Sheffield United. And again, I'll come to you, Tom. First of all, five changes from from the team that that won at the weekend against Fulham. Um, it'd be win for Big Joel, Joe Gomez starting, Endo starting, um, McAllister. Although he wasn't a change, he was playing in a, a more forward position. And Gakpo um, also starting. So, as I say, it was, a, it was an interesting team when the, when the team dropped, wasn't it? Uh, you know, just after um, half past six last night. I think, yeah, well, I think when we'd done the last one, we were talking about what, we, what the team would be. I think most people thought that... that, that um, Gakpo will come in for um for Nunes, and I think most people thought Joel would come in for um would come in for uh, Canate will come in for Joel, and also I think we were talking were we about Costas he's playing more or less every game so he needed the rest more so I wasn't surprised that Joe Gomez come in at left back. Um, but we'll talk more about Joe later. Um, um, so yeah, Endo was a, a bit of a surprise because I thought Graven Batch might have started. To be honest, um, but I think he, I think he deserved his starts. I think Endo, and I think to be to be fair, he didn't let anybody down last night. He started a bit a bit slowly, but I think like he as the game wore on and. We were we were getting a little bit more pressed. I thought he done a, he had a really good game. So yeah, I think Endo deserved to be in the side. So there was no real there was no real shocks really. What Pete, what did you make of it? And then what did you make of the at the start of the game? And I think that um the I think that we started quite slowly, didn't we? And then Joe Gomez got caught in possession yeah. and Kelleher made a good save. You know, did his confidence no harm, and then from the resulting corner, he come out and claimed it. And then I thought to myself, when that happened, yeah, that's a good sign for Kells tonight because he'd had a little bit of, I think, unwarranted stick following the game on at the weekend against Fulham. Um, that he didn't, that he didn't merit really. I think people have got to understand, you know, that when players come in the side and they're not playing regular, they can't, they can't just step in. And players, though, they've been playing 10 games on the bounce. It does take yeah. them a little bit of time to, to get up to speed. So what did you make of it? I mean, I I thought, I think in, in the last show he did, I think I actually picked that midfield because I, although he was only on a, as a late substitute against Fulham, I thought Endo fully deserved the start. And, yeah. you know, it was twofold because it then released McAllister into a more forward role that we've been wanting, really. Um, I'm not surprised Joe got the nod, like you were saying. You know, we we've only got one recognised fullback unless you bring one of the kids in. 
um, in Costas and I think the nurse and them to do games. So they're probably looking, although Liverpool and most managers say they only look at the one, you know, the game that they're actually in now, they will look further forward. And, you know, the, with the run of games we've got, um, you could understand why Costas was rested. Um, same, I suppose, with Nunes. But he's going to shuffle the pack, as I say, apart from obvious ones where obviously Kelleher's going to have a run in the team. And you would think um, Trent's going to always make a start, as in, you know, Virgil and people like that. He will shuffle around that because there's so many games coming up between now and Christmas. But yeah, like you say, we started a little bit sluggishly, I suppose. And then Joe got caught on the halfway line. And, and luckily, um, you know, Kelleher made a really, you know, he, he made a good stop. He, I think they were saying in commentary, um, Maybe the lad should have hit it harder and this, that, and the other. But it, you know, it was it was a good save, and I think it was possibly only, possibly the only save he had to make all night. I think, I think, I think they only had one or possibly two shots on target. Sheffield United. So the although they started sluggishly, they started getting the on the ball, and but it, the tempo for me was a bit slow, and I, I could understand them doing it because obviously they just got the new manager or or the manager back, the old manager back. And the crowd were up for it and they were trying to make an atmosphere. So it was almost a little bit, the start was almost like the old European games of old where we'd go away and just try and silence the crowd. Um, we had the majority of the possession and stuff. And then little by little, we started, you know, getting getting more forward and stuff. But yet it was a slow start. And as I say, we were not lucky, but we, you know, we, we, we had to be careful a couple of times at the back where we were... Um, you know, not on our metal sort of thing, and especially where Joe was. I don't know what Joe was trying to do. To be honest, I think he was trying to be too clever. But yeah, it was it was a pretty slow start. It was an inauspicious start, and they were putting themselves about Sheffield, weren't they? They were putting the foot in and that, and trying to make it difficult for us. And I think we just had to quell, you know, their, their enthusiasm and and the crowd. The crowd were well up for it. Tom, what did you make of the um of the tackle on McAllister? Um, you know, David Gallagher this morning described it as an accident, and I suppose he has a he has a point to a degree in that. You know, at at you know McAllister not being fouled by the other Sheffield United player, then the incident wouldn't have happened, and he wouldn't have the injury on his knee. But then again, isn't isn't sort of ninety eight percent? Of the tackles and accident wasn't the Curtis Jones one an accident when he got sent off for the second yellow card against Tottenham because the ball his foot slipped off the top of the ball. So I, I don't get this. I don't get this sort of accident theory or the, the accident excuse to come from referees sometimes with incidents like that. Because um, I don't think apart from where you're seeing that Roy Keane tackle on Haaland and I think there was another one by Ben Thatcher on on a player once you don't see really many many tackles that by by one player deliberately going out to injure another player so I thought that was a bit of a a lame excuse from David to be honest not saying the guy deserved to be sent off I don't know if it, I think he was one of those borderline ones but I, I I don't think you could come up with it was an accident. 
No, I told on Donnelly's. I'd look like he looked like he stamped down on his knee as well, didn't he? Which, yeah. which he did because he split his knee. Yeah. You know, like and, and he was in he was wasn't as a, as effective as you wouldn't imagine. He'd had his knee stitched up and was trying to run around with stitches for most of the game, which like and he to be fair, he'd done really well for as long as he did. I thought to be honest with you, I thought and it, it's quite ironic. You know, like Wilder at the end of the game was screaming, like for for like what what Nunes done, which you know, like he didn't he, he didn't foul him. If you're gonna say if you're gonna call that, if you're gonna want the game to be stopped for things like that, you might as well not call it a contact sport anymore. You might as well just say it's if you put a tackle in which is deemed a hard tackle, then it, it it's you know, it, it you know it, it you've got to either send a player off or book a player. But I think over overall, I think I think he got away with a little he, he was a bit lucky there if you're looking by the letter of the law of what happened. As, as you said, Curtis, very similar sorts of thing, wasn't it? Curtis was pushed in the back as he went for that ball first before he, he overreached, by the way, which he won against I was in was in Dougie who he, 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 he got. Yeah, was it, yeah. it was, wasn't it? Mm. He, so, he, you know, like, I, I, I thought on another day, you know, with another referee, you, you might have got a different decision, but as it happened, he, 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 never, gave, he never gave it, but it affected us greatly, really. I, I don't think Liverpool, I, I like Peter said, I think Liverpool started slowly, and, I, you know, like, I... For most of the first half, we were ponderous when we were. We were like, mm. we were. You could people say, "Oh, you were well in control," but I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I'd like Liverpool to just to move the ball around a bit quicker. You know, yeah. that's what I was saying watching the game with our Jack, and I said we're too slow again. Um, going back to the tackle, I think you made a good point, Tom, when you said that some referees that have got a yellow card out and some have just let it go. And that's that is the problem we're up against. And I know they can't all you can't all have the same referee for every game and, and thing, but I thought he was a bit naughty actually. I thought he uh, he knew what he was doing leaving his foot there. But um no I, I wouldn't have thought a red card but it certainly he said I think he certainly left his foot there to to let uh, McAllister know he was about and as I say they were they were putting themselves about Chef United. They were trying to get stuck in and they were more niggly fouls than anything. They were they were more, you know, little share pulls and, and and pushes and stuff like that. So they weren't enough to get like a book in, but they were just enough to break up play and that didn't help us really. But um yeah, and, and it did impact on McAllister's game. And as I say, he was you know, he I was dying to see him in the more forward role. He had that shot, didn't he? That dipping shot, which I think yeah. a yard either side yeah. of uh, Fotheringham it would have gone in, you know. But um, yeah, we, we just sort of slowly grew into it. But I know they were saying in commentary, oh, they're, they're well in control, but it just takes one mistake and suddenly your two points are dropped, aren't you? You know, you, yeah. I'm not saying you've got to go out belting out and get three and four goals every game, but you just got to be careful. And, and you know, we, we made the subs and that and, and they brought a couple of lads on and you just thought, you know, just one. They had a couple of free kicks where, um, where Robbo nearly got on the end of it. Um. You know, these free kicks, they floated in and he, he nearly got on the end of two two free kicks. And I said to our Jack, if they get one of these rice, 
you know, we could end up with just the points here. And then, um, as I say, luckily, I mean, they keep you hanging on Liverpool. You know, you can't you can't have a comfortable last twenty minutes watching Liverpool. You're always on the edge of your seat. And then the tackle, the tackle from Nunes, once again, another referee could have given that as a foul, and and this this ref let it go. So. You're just in the lap of the gods, really. You, you know that, that you could get penalised for that on Saturday at Crystal Palace for doing the same thing, and and you just don't know. But um, I thought his little cameo was good, apart from him being stupid and kicking the ball away. And we all know what's going to happen when that, you know, when that does. But uh, he did really well to win the ball back and put a really good ball in for um for Dominic. So and he took it well. Yeah. So Tom, we were pretty ponderous, weren't we? As you said there in the first half. We were creating like half chances. Um, you know, Salah, Salah had, had a couple where you know you'd expect him to do better. One was like a back pass to the goalkeeper, um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought that both Salah and, and um, Diaz were a little bit off the pace in the first half, trying hard enough, but but not really looking that that dangerous, and then. You know, we had a number of corners, and you thought, and you were hoping that we'd we'd actually get one from a set piece, and we eventually did. We had a lovely finish from Virgil, and there's there's no way on a million years that that's a free kick. By the way, you no. know what I mean. I mean, I noticed the you know the, the the Sheffield United manager was moaning about it at the end, but I noticed he didn't sort of say, "Well, yeah, that should have been a free kick." If that was a free kick, then Liverpool should have had two penalties for. One when Gakpo was thrown to the floor, another one for a foul on Virgil when he had his shirt pulled. So, you know, they have they have selected sort of memory these some of these managers, but it was a good finish by Virgil Tom, and and I think like like every Liverpool supporter, you must have been relieved to see that that goal go in as and as go one 0 up sort of as the as we headed towards the end of the first half. Yeah, it was a great goal as well. Beautiful control, and you know, once he put it where where it was, the keeper was never going to save it. But but over, as you say, I, I think overall we were we we were sort of dominating more or less the, the play, but without, as you said, without really creating or without really lots of. Lots of efforts. I thought. I thought the, the. I thought Lucio over on the far side. He was. He was trying, but like he wasn't getting much joy, was he? And as you said with Mo, he took his eye off. I reckon he took his eye off the ball there. He he saw the glory of that ball coming across to me, and he was thinking, "This is me two hundredth goal." Like, and he, he it was eye wide dancing, you know, like he he, he slashed it, but um, but. Oh, oh, overall, it, you you were relieved to go in at one one nil. I don't think, like as you both have said, like an indicator. We didn't really, we didn't really sort of have them over over barrel. I think we got about eight corners on the trot, didn't we? And we were sort of like dominating in, in, in possession and everything. But like, I don't know. I think sometimes when you get when you get a new manager in like that. It it sort of galvanizes them, but it sort of it sort of it it sort of sets you back a little bit, like because I think they'd have got gone with a game plan, like and and I, I think as things turned out with 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 
with Alexis getting injured so early. I think more or less the, we just sort of fumbled along until we scored. But as you said, as Peter said, I don't think they really created that much to make us sort of say, well, we could be in a bit of trouble here, you know, if we don't lift the game. But those a lot of players were a little bit below, you know, the, the, the high standards that they set themselves. Yeah. But, um, I think apart from that early chance, Tom, um, that Quivine saved, I, I, I don't think there was any heart in the mouth um, <laughs> incidents, even... Even towards the end, when they put like the six or seven minutes or whatever it is on, it was still one nil. You never thought, so oh, it's going to be like the Alamo. You always thought you were in control. But as I say, you, you just wish you'd got that second goal on 65, 70 minutes and you could have yeah. really, you know, really sort of sat back and enjoyed it. But you you just worried sometimes, just one little break, one, one mistake, one bit of, you know, really good play from them. But I just didn't see that they had it in them, to be honest. And I think, I think really they are, yeah, one of the favourites to go down. Sheffield United. I know they've got, um, they've got the manager back, but I think it's going to be a, a hard season, the rest of the season for them, to be honest. It's you. I mean, yeah, I, I was like you there, really, sort of thinking, yo, know, we wish we could get this bloomin' second goal and put this game to bed, because the, the thing that was worrying me really was twofold. Was one where they gonna get like a set piece or a, a long throw and a flick's gonna drop or you know is somebody gonna go down in the box and you know mm. referee via VAR are gonna give them a a bit of a dodgy penalty um, and I just wanted that you know that second goal to come and you know Jürgen sort of rung the changes didn't he you know he you know, off went you know Salah Gakpo. And Diaz um, at, at various parts, as well as McAllister, um, and as you said earlier, you know, thought Nunes come on and and sort of added a bit of energy and and sort of purpose to the you know, to the team. I mean, I don't really think any of the other substitutes really had a, a major impact, or always as eye catching as what Nunes was when he come on. Um, and again, you know, he he had a good chance. It was a good save from the keeper. You know, he got it on target. A good save. I thought he was possibly offside anyway. You know, he yeah, had he um, another chance where he could have played. I think it was Elliot or supposedly in, and it got cut out. And then, you know, the incident that you mentioned before where he, you know, he won the ball back after already having a yellow card and yet we scored the goal from it. But another day, another referee could have given could have give a free kick for that on a second yellow, mm. and yeah. then he would have been out of the, you know, the the game against Palace on Saturday for, for you know for for two yellow cards. So I didn't think it was a foul. I think it's one of them where it's it's a fifty fifty decision, and I think if you know if the referee had to give it, maybe he would have produced a second yellow card, but. Yeah, um, you know it was it was really good play and shot and good desire by Nunes. I thought, peace. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, he, he was brave really. For I mean, it was stupid to get the book, and as soon as he did, it, I said, "What's he done that for?" Because you know it must infuriate managers when when um, when players get booked, and they know the rules now. 
And you're saying that there was, I think it was the Sheffield United player did it first half, and nothing happened. And um, you don't really want to see opposition players calling for yellow cards, but if they're the rules, you should abide by them. And I just thought, I just thought he was silly to do that, but he was brave in that tackle because, he, like you say, on another day, another referee, and and you know he he could have been walking and out the game on Sunday, but um to win it back as he did and then look up, he you know he didn't just sort of look at you know run at them. He, he looked up and saw Dominic Sabozlai, and and then. Next thing you know, it's at his feet. And it was a very good finish, to be honest, because I think the keeper was coming out to to try and narrow any angles, and he, he sort of hit it really well into the top. But um, yeah, it's I'm 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 just thinking of the other subs that come on. I think Carvey came on and did his usual. He was tidy. I think what what Jurgen was looking at was trying once again ball retention and stuff. And and although we'd had the majority of the possession all match, I think we had nearly 70 percent possession. Um, we weren't really hurting them at, at times, and to be honest, I thought there were you know phases in the game, and it was quite boring. To be honest, it was it was like we were trying to draw Sheffield United out, and, and on the odd couple of occasions they did sort of come out of defence. We tried to get round the back, and I think I think one was an offside decision, and one was just a ball that was too too long and went out to play. But I thought it was a bit of a tedious game to watch. In fairness, Les, to be honest, uh, I know. It's great that you get the result, but um, it certainly didn't have the excitement of the the Fulham game, did it? No, and you know, just just you know, to mention Mo Tom in the second half, he he brought a really good save out of the um, the Sheffield United keeper. But you know, if you it was a great effort by Mo and a really good save, but it's one you would expect the keeper to save because it was right down the middle, and you know. It was such a relief, really, even though it was in about the 90, 93rd to 94th minute with our with lovely finish. That, you know, we could finally sort of relax for the last few minutes that we've got the three points and we were back to, you know, two points behind, behind Arsenal. But the other thing, Tom, I'd like to sort of have your opinion on, I think we're now getting to the stage where, yeah, you know, you love to have you know, brilliant performances and play really good football and score really good goals or whatever and, and give give some eye-catching displays. But I think we're at the stage now, for me, where the result is more important than, than the performance. You've just got to get them three points. Yeah, you, you know what? It's funny you you're saying that, Les. I was thinking exactly the same. You know, like... The, the way that they, they dug deep to win the game against against, against um oh god is that my four three memory's gone I'm, I'm nearly asleep here today the, <laughs> the, the way they come back out to win the game and like four three and then to go away and then everyone's expecting them to roll them over and it didn't happen but that that's how you win the that's how you win the Premier League isn't it that's when you when you can go and win the games when you're behind and come back to win the match and then also then going the other way when you know you're not playing particularly well but you dig deep and you take you know like you take the three points and as it happened as it happened Manchester City go get beat by Aston Villa and like that becomes a massive three points last night didn't they you know because yeah. it opens, it opens up a big gap between us and City. You know, like four points is not 
not great at this stage, but three defeats and all of a sudden, you know, the, the pressure's on them really now. So, so yeah, sometimes it's just about, as you say, it's winning ugly, isn't it? And that, that was, I think that will go down as a, a winning ugly. I think, you know, you made a, a great point. You talked the other week about when you hit a ball too well. And I think that could be said more really about he hit that perfectly, didn't he? But the yeah. trouble, as you said, the trouble was he hit it sort of straight, more or less directly at the keeper, which the keeper did well with the power of it, how quickly it come to him. And he got it over the bar. So you've got to, you know, like you've got to give him a bit of credit for that. I mean, and sort of say, well, you know, he did he, he did well. But overall, you know, like I, I think we'll look back at this as a, as a key moment. I think when you, you're over the four points and that now makes makes it really, you know, like we've got, I think our next, we've got Crystal Palace, haven't we? And then we've got Man United and then we've got Arsenal and Anfield. Yeah. And that becomes a massive game. If we can win the two other games and put the pressure on Arsenal and Anfield, mm. that becomes a massive game, doesn't it? You know, you know, yeah, I mean, Arsenal have got Villa as well this weekend. Yeah, so like, yeah, I think, and he's got something to prove of Villa at Arsenal as well. And mm-hmm. good manager, him absolutely. He's got the he's got the best out of them, hasn't he? You know, like it's it was more or less the same squad, isn't it? That that Stevie had, but like he, he's that Bailey. Under 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 him, under Emery looks a whale beater. Yeah. But like under you know under Steve, he, he struggled. But it's funny, isn't it? So as you say, piece, it's it's a massive massive game. So yeah. winning ugly, and you know like another little thing. What you said, I think so. Bosley needed his goal. I think was. Yeah. I thought he done. I thought he done the dirty work. A lot of the dirty work last night, and done yeah. more of the running for them. For for for, for McAllister because it's obvious Alexis couldn't put the put the legs in so a big shout for him as well. I thought he you know he deserved his goal and he done really well. Yeah, Pete, just to say that you know as we said there you know Will and Ugly and you know, remember the you know one of the last chances of Sheffield United when we won one nil with a goal from Ginny Wijnaldum which was a mistake yeah. by Dean Henderson. Yeah, I was gonna say we've never really gone to Bramall Lane and although we've 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 had the possession and stuff like that, we've had to really work hard to, to get a win and like as you say, we were lucky when we got the one nil and I think another year we beat them two nil or two one. I know Curtis Jones got a goal one year, didn't he? Yeah. So we've never gone over there and absolutely battered them. I mean I said to I said to our Jack, how the hell did Newcastle get eight on these? Because I think different, I, different manager, Pete. I think different manager, I think, but same personnel. So whether the yeah, whether the personnel are yeah, down tools for the other manager, uh, I, I, I think it can be different, different system. Um, you know, playing in a different way, and the you know that 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 game for us became more difficult once they announced on on Monday that they were sacking Hickenbottom, and mm. they were they were they were they were a wilder again because. Mm. You know, he's a, as Tom said before. He's a big hero amongst the Sheffield United supporters. He's a Sheffield United fan. He kept them up, you know, in his first season. 
in the Premier League last time. Um, and as I say, that you know, all of a sudden the players are hearing a fresh voice rather than the same voice, and yeah, and it can give I mean, it I can think, give teams a lift. And I, I, I just think that's what there, happened. I think last time he was there, if if I'm wrong, let me know. But they were pretty close to a European um, place at one time, weren't they? They were quite in, high in, up. In the, in the first season, yet they were. Yeah. They had, and they had these uh, overlapping yeah. centre halves and stuff and things yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, but yeah, they never I, can us, I can remember us beating them at Anfield between Christmas and New Year, mm. and it was one of, and you know, I remember at the time everybody saying, you know, how how difficult the game was going to be because they'd they'd done really well against some of the other top teams, and then in the second season, they seemed to they seemed to really struggle, um, yeah. so. They had no crowds there though, then, Les, did he as well? Yeah, I think that that didn't help them as well with you know the yeah, cold. And I think he did drop like because I think they're a team that are motivated by the crowd, you know, yeah, like and yeah. that's I how gonna, Wilder gets the best out of them. I think if they're going to survive, they'll have to get some good home results against the likes of the Lutons and the Bournemouths if they still got to play them, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and I know I know they they already drawn with Everton, haven't they? But the teams yeah. down there and around them, I think. Grammar Lane has got to be the, the place where they, they've got to get the, the three points, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we, we'll move on and just I'll ask you for your for your player of the match, Tom. I'll start with you. I, I'm gonna go for Virgil van Dijk. Although I thought Trent, I thought Trent played really well. I thought, you know, like he was he was he was pulling all the strings and doing all the things that he should have done. And I thought Endo played well as well overall. But Virgil was just he was just his, he was just back. So as as you were talking about the other week, and when when I didn't give him man of the match, I gave it to Trent. And I, I, I you know, like he's been in perilous this season, hasn't he? He's been like he's he's been right back to his best. And I thought last night he he just epitomised his quality. There's one tackle there, what he did. You know, when the player was running on and he had nowhere to go, he showed him where he wanted him to go and he just took the ball off him. I thought he was superb, Les. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pete, who are you going for? Actually, Tommy's named the same three that I've got written down. Um, Once again, I thought Trent was his usual self. He was buzzing about, he was spraying the ball about. Endo, after a slow start, I thought he didn't really do anything wrong. I, th- I thought he was... um. I thought he was good again. And once again, he got a yellow card. And I thought maybe he would come off. And even if they put... We, we were speaking at half-time, as you always do when you're at the game. And we were thinking maybe maybe bring Simicass on and put Joe to right-back. Because I don't think Joe looked entirely comfortable at left-back. And then push Trent into midfield and take Ender off. Because, only because he was on a yellow card. But in fairness to the lad, he... Um, you know, he, he he stayed on, and he I thought he had a decent game again. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Tom. It had to be Virgil. We weren't under intense pressure, but there were what just one or two occasions he had to put the afterburners on, and he looks back to his old self, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. And obviously, the, you know, the first goal capped it off as well. So I'd, I'd give it to Virgil as well. Yeah, so to full house, I'd give it to Virgil as well with a honourable mention to Endo, who I thought again. As I totally agree with Pete. After the slow start, he really got into the game and really sort of kept the the, the ball moving, ticking over. And I thought he did really well. So yeah, I, uh, 
or a clean sweep of Virgil or one of them. I just one thing I want to want to touch on, lads, and just get your views on quickly before we we move on to preview the the game against uh, Crystal Palace on Saturday morning or Saturday lunchtime. Um, Manchester City, Fulham, and now last night against Sheffield United, none of our forwards have scored. Mm. Is that a good thing? Because we've still won the games without the forward scoring, or is it a is it a thing to worry about because the old seems just dried up at the same time? Tom, I think I think it's slightly. I think it. Well, you you're right. I think if this had been a couple of seasons ago, we'd have all been panicking because the forward scored, but we didn't get any output from midfield or, or other areas of the pitch. You know, with goals. This season, we seem to be adding goals from all over the pitch, less, don't we? So, from that point of view, it's a good it's, it's a good thing. But it's quite alarming that 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 Darwin's gone seven games without a goal, and I think most most as since he's been waiting for this two hundred goal, he looks like he's 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 dried up a little bit. But um, as as you say, it, I no doubt eventually that they're gonna. They're too good. They're, they're such good players, aren't they? You're eventually they're going to start finding the goals again. It's just, it's just um, being patient until they do. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's, um, I, I think it's. Pete, what do you, what, what's your view? I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I mean, you, you know, with our forwards. That they are going to score goals, and they and they might be going through a little bit of a dry spell if you want at the minute. Um, but I think it's good that we're sharing the goals around. I mean, you look back at the Liverpool you know, the Liverpool teams that were in our heyday, the seventies and eighties, and we always had goal scoring midfielders. So I don't think it's too bad. I think you can worry the the forwards aren't scoring, but you you know, I I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. That we can share the goals around, I think it's good, and um, you know, I, I, Mo Mo once he gets this two hundred goal, he's gonna fly again. He's he's gonna be scoring for fun again, and it could be as Tom said, it could well be that he's not trying too hard, but it must be on his mind, you know, that um, he's so close to that milestone. Um, I think you can have a some people have a go at um at Nunes. I I love him myself. I just think. He comes on like he did last night, and he he just gives us a lot more energy up front, and he chased lost causes, and and I thought I thought last night I thought it was it was a difficult one if he had to score it to be honest because the keeper came out and narrowed the angle, and as you say I think he might have been if you look at the replay I think he'd have been called offside anyway, so I don't like these people, and there are certain Liverpool fans who snipe at um, at Darwin Nunes, but I think he's just. He is a bit of a rough diamond, but I tell you what, he he, he just comes on and changes the whole comp, you know, the whole complexion of the game sometimes, um, and especially with I mean I don't know what the prognosis is on on the likes of Joss Joss I don't know how long he's going to be out, uh, and I'm not sure. Looking forward to Sunday if McAllister's going to be fit, I don't know if he's going to be out as well. So we're coming into a really busy period, um, where we're going to have to really use all of the squad and as I say the more we can share the goal burden around the team the better for me Peace um, yeah I totally agree I mean I, you know 
the positive for me is that we've had, you know, Trent, McAllister, Endo, Virgil. Now, mm. and supposedly I all scored in the last three games, whereas yeah. last season, if the forwards weren't scored and nobody was, so yeah. that's the positive. And the other thing you'll say is that, as Tommy said, is that the, the, they've got so much quality about them, is they're not all going to be quiet for 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 that long. So hopefully, you know, they'll start it in the goal scoring trail soon, and you know that'll leave us in good stead for the for the games that are coming up. Because no matter who you are, you're not going to score every week. No. So I mean, look, to me, look, to me, look, it's it, it's it's slightly worrying, but there's a positive to come from it as well. I was going to say, you look at all great goal scorers over the years. You look, you look back at your Shearers and, and you know, you look back at you know at your Keegans at Liverpool and and people like that. And they all go through a dry spell. You know, even Harlan's been accused of of not pulling his way because he's missed the, you know two or three games on the bounce, and it happens with four forwards. And then the next thing they score one. It might be the scruffiest goal of the lot. Next thing, they go on another run where they're scoring seven, eight and nine games on the bounce. So I'm not really unduly worried. I mean, that, that volley last night, um, a yard either side of their keeper and that and that would have been in. And as I say, he'd, been, he'd be back on his bike and, and scoring for fun again. So I think once he gets that milestone, he gets that goal. Um, I just think he I just think he'll go off on another run again, Salah, as, 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 we, as we know he can do, you know. Yeah, okay. So right now, just before we, we we sort of delve into our crystal ball and think what the team might be for the weekend and and give our predictions. Pete, you've done your your double agent, so an old favourite is back. I've had a I've had a quick look, yeah, and there were a few that I, I'd forgotten about, to be honest, Les. Um there's there's quite a few very old ones which I won't bother going on because no one no one will know who who played for Palace and Liverpool in the 1890s and stuff. But, um, I mean, I, I'd, I'd forgotten that, like, Sir Mark Kennedy had played for Palace as well as us. You know, the, um, the lad, we, I think we got him from, was it Millwall, I think? We got yeah, him? Millwall, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's there's the obvious, more recent ones, the likes of Ben Teke, who, who went to Palace, uh, Klein, Nathaniel Klein. Uh, I'd even forgotten about Stan Collymore, to be honest. I think he... He played maybe in the later parts of, of his career. Um, and Neil Ruddock the same. I, I couldn't remember Neil Ruddock going to Palace, but I think he played really tw- in the twilight of his career. I think he played a few games at Palace. And then there's a couple of... Um, well, there's certainly one who used to have, have like a, a bit of a folk like hero following, uh, Mamadou Sakho. He, yes. he, he was at Palace. Um Steve Staunton, another one I just couldn't remember him playing for Palace. I remember him at Villa more so than than uh, than Palace. Uh, Paul Stewart, who we who Siri brought in from Tottenham, um, and then there's a Victor Moses has, has played for Palace Ooh. as well. Martin Kelly, we all know, yeah. um, we all know Martin Kelly, um, and there's one other who. I think we were talking pre-programme. We played in the infamous game at uh, Vicarage Road, and that was Peter Wall. He was a he was a left back, uh, and he played in that cup game where uh, Barry Endine put us out the cup in in seventy, I think it was, and then uh, it went on for Shanks to rebuild the side. So there's a few names there, and and I suppose I suppose 
out of the crop that I've, I've looked at, um, Ray Houghton was the one. I thought he was a fantastic player for Liverpool. He was an old, one of these players that, the same as Mark Lawrence, when we bought him, I thought, why are we buying him? He, you know, he only, like, I think Ray Houghton was at Oxford, wasn't he? Yeah. But what a player he was. He was a fantastic player for Liverpool and, and he's obviously uh, he's obviously played down at Celeste as well. So there's a few names there. And as I say, there's a few that are, I had to look twice at because I didn't realise that they'd play for both sides, to be honest. Yeah, thanks for that, Pete. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, Tom, when you... You know, when Pete mentioned Peter Wall there, you know, and, and he was like the... He was like the forgotten sort of sacrificial lamb, if you like, you know, after that Watford game, because... He was a young a young player at that time who Liverpool had brought from Wrexham. And he was one who who was sort of highly thought of and, and one who, who was sort of and that was making the natural progression from the reserves through to the first team and was tipped to have a big future. And then after that Watford game, he, he sort of lost his place to Alec Lindsay. And it was it's ironic, isn't it, sometimes as a football fan? That you know, if Liverpool had beat Watford that day, maybe the second Shankly team might not have been built as quickly <laughs> because Liverpool would have then been in the semi final of the FA Cup. And Shanks might have thought that that team was worth persevering with for a little bit longer. So, in a way, Barry Endy might have done us a favour, although yeah. none of us actually thought so at the time. So, no, I thought he, 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 was, a, he was a tidy player, the Les, wasn't he, Peter Waller? Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. liked him, you know. He was a bit of a cultured player, wasn't he? He actually yeah. could, he could actually play football. I don't think he was he was blessed with 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 lightning pace or anything like that, but I thought you know, like he was a cultured footballer and a good footballer. But as you say, sometimes football can be so cruel, you know, like and one person's sort of misfortune and he's the one that falls away. And of course, it was the end, wasn't it, at that, that the, the moment we got knocked out the cup uh, against, against Watford, that was it. It was yeah. Shanks just broke them all up and it was a complete rebuild, you know, like, and and poor Peter Wall was one that, that sort of lost his way. Which yeah. was he reminded me a little bit, Peter Wall, of a, of a left-sided Chris Lawler, if that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, he yeah. Was, he, he was very elegant, wasn't he? Yeah. He was quite tall for a full-back as well, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, remember, I remember when I sort of first started going to watch the reserves with my dad, the fullbacks were with John Webb and Peter Wall. And obviously, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you, you know, you're going to see these players playing for the reserves. And he, he was one that always sort of took me eye. And my dad always used to say, because Liverpool had signed him from Wrexham, we'll be in the first team soon. And because when we signed, when we signed Alec Lindsay, if I remember rightly, we signed him as a left half from Berry. And and it was it was really a masterstroke from Shanks, wasn't it, to to slot him in at left back and and you know, with with all due respect to you know to Peter Wall, what a cultured and strong left back Alec Lindsay had was and and you know, he scored that memorable goal in the that never was in the FA Cup final. And and as I say, he was he was a really good fullback and a really important player in Liverpool's second team. Anyway, we'll we'll move on and say I'll go to you, Pete, first this time. So uh, you normally have your pen and paper out. So yeah. so give us your give us your starting eleven for 
for the uh, for Palace then, Pete? Um, obviously a lot's going to be down to, you know, fitness. As I say, I don't know how McAllister is, so I'd, I'd put him in the team, but I don't know if he's going to be fit with that injury. And also how, how people are going to get over, how, how lads are going to get over um, playing twice, so you know, so soon. So I'd put Callagher in goal. I'm toying with the idea of putting Joe Gomez at right back and Trent in midfield. And every time I say it, it doesn't happen. So I'll say Trent, Virgil, and then Costas will come in. I've got a feeling, you know, Kwanzaa might make a start on Saturday. Um, for no other reason that I, I think the... I don't think Canarze had his best game last night. He, he didn't have his worst, but it wasn't his best. But I'm just wondering if he's got two, two lots of 90 minutes in him so soon after one another. Um, and as I say, putting down to fitness, I'd say Endo would probably make another start. So Bosley, um, whether McAllister's fit, if he is, and if not, I'd probably see Gravenberg coming. And then up front, I'd go Salah, Nunes and Diaz. Tom, would, would you would you make any changes to, to Pete starting eleven? No, I wouldn't, to be honest, Les. Um I think there's a there's probably one I would I think I think there's, there's a good shout for Kwanzaa to come back because I don't think Canati is a hundred percent fit to be honest and um, you know what so I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure about Canati but um, I think Trent will play it right back and I think in midfield I think Endo will, will come into the team and. Um, I, I think McAllister will be too. He's got stitches in his leg, hasn't he? I'd be surprised if he if he plays him with stitches because they'd still be you know like a couple of days in. So to be honest, it's it, to be honest, I can't see him to be honest um, playing. But I think he'll probably be Graven Birch. I think Kate Endo, and I think Sabozlai will play, and I think the same front three as Pete. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on the same page, really, although I don't actually think Quanz will start. I think that Jürgen will have sort of, you know, his fingers crossed that he can get Canati through on Saturday, then give him a week off, and then Quanz will come in for the game in the Europa League. So I think I think the back four will be Trent, Virgil, uh, Ibu and Simicas, and midfield. I, I think that Endo will start again. I think supposedly I will start. And I think Casey Jones might get a start on the left because I don't think they'll risk McAllister. And then I agree with the front three that Pete said. Um, so Salah, Nunes and Diaz. Um, and hopefully that team will be good enough to, to get the three points we need that will you know, put us top of the table until you know, Arsenal player Aston Villa at 5.30 on Saturday night. So... I'll go over to you first this time, please, for for a prediction for for the game on Saturday lunchtime. I think um, I think we might be sitting on the edge of our seats again. I, I think I'm going to go for the, a close four two one win. Tom, I'll go with. I think I'll go for a two 0 win again, Les. I think. Yeah, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for two 0 as well. Um, I hope that. You know, we get the two goals up a little bit earlier than we did, you know, on, on Wednesday night. And hopefully, you know, we can all relax a little bit while we're watching the game. But they are getting pretty tense again at the minute. So anyway, on that positive note, 
we'll end this edition of the late flag as you always end by saying justice for the 97 don't bite the sun and you'll never walk alone until next time see you soon <laughs>